The following is a Joel Mahalik production. Live from the Network Operations Center of QIB Radio Network, welcome to Tech Talk, the show where we turn geek speak into everyday language. Have a question? Call us. Our number is 443-836-0171. Now, without further translation, here is your host of Tech Talk, Chief Linguist Joel Mahalik. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Tech Talk Live. I'm Joel Mahalik. Thanks for joining me on this fine Wednesday night for another uh, exciting, geeky episode of Tech Talk Live. Live, meaning right here on the QYB Radio Network. Visit us at qybradionetwork.com. Say hello to Ron over at the other side of the desk. Ron, happy techie geeky to you you know i'm getting my techie geek on thank you for the welcome (laughs) you're welcome thanks for sitting at the table taking notes putting on your glasses you guys see you got your pocket protector in tonight oh yeah (laughs) you nerd (laughs) uh happy 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 uh if you like to call into the show because we do all kinds of stuff here we're going to talk about some uh tech news tonight we are going to expand on a conversation we started talking about social engineering uh two weeks ago on the debut show i believe it was and tonight we're going to talk about some scams some social engineering scams that you can you should be uh watching out for uh we're going to talk a little bit about ransomware and if you want to call in and ask us a question 443-836 Zero one seven one four four three eight three six zero one seven one. The show is engineered and produced by our good friend Mr. Tony Richards from Reality One Radio. If you want to give uh, give us an email, you can email us at techtalk at qybradionetwork.com. Apparently, qybradionetwork.com is where it's all at. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Tech Talk Live, and you can like that page. And please do. It's our new page. Get over there and like it and share it so we get more likes and more shares to get more likes and more shares. So that's how you get a hold of us here on Tech Talk Live. So so a couple of weeks ago, we talked about social uh, engineering, what it does and how it works. And then I wanted to convey, uh, kind of revisit that. And it feels like I was talking to a colleague today at work, and he had asked me if he sent me if he if he came up with topics or you know subject matter could I use? I said, well, you come up with subject matter, I'll turn it into topics on the show. That's fine. In fact, that's a great idea. But we were talking about uh, the show. He's a listener. Thanks for listening, Bill. And I told him, I said, I, I feel like like if I don't really research other geeky stuff to talk about, what I get inundated with every day, day in and day out, is security alerts and new things popping up. And it's it's amazing to me the amount of things popping up that you have to be mindful for, uh, mindful about. And it, it someone could actually have a full-time job just trying to control the security to stay clear of this stuff. And I said, if I'm not careful, this show, week in and week out, can turn into like a security alert show, you know. But we will do our due diligence on this show. I, uh, you know, I will bring you 
what we can on Wednesday nights once a week. So, so we'll get. So that's what we're what I'm, what I'm doing. I don't want anybody to think we're rehashing the same stuff. But there's just so much going on, and as I said uh, two weeks ago, we're always like two steps behind the hackers. I'm starting to believe that it might be more than two steps back. Especially in the last week. Uh, before I get into this, of course, yesterday, second Tuesday of the month, is Patch Tuesday for Microsoft. So here's a tip for you. If your computer is not set to automatically download and, and install critical and security Windows updates, Microsoft updates are called now. I'm sorry, they're not even called Windows updates anymore. Make sure you get them manually, especially the second Wednesday of the month, because the second Tuesday month of the month is known in the IT world as Patch Tuesday. And that's when all the major vulnerabilities are patched that Microsoft has found over the past few weeks. That's not to say if there's something really bad, they're going to send critical and security updates out. If you've ever noticed, <laughs> and lately I notice a lot on the studio computer, yeah, you come into your office and your computer's off, and you're like, well, I didn't turn it off. Then you turn it on, and you find out it says Windows installed new updates. If it's critical enough, Windows will install it and reboot your computer for you. But there was a lot of vulnerabilities in the Microsoft Office systems. So there were more Office patches than there normally are for Patch Tuesday. So please... Make sure, and if you're not sure, double-check. Just go to your Windows updates, your Microsoft updates, and see if there's any critical, important updates that have to be run, and if so, run them. Get them run, and make sure your system's all patched up. Okay? So I just wanted to get that little tidbit. That's my tidbit tonight out to you. Uh, so, Ron, make sure you check on that. And hopefully, right. your hopefully your computer is not as old as your phone. And I'll just leave that there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so, so what we're talking about right now is how how can I help the end user with all these uh, security risks out there on the Internet? And they are a plenty. There's no shortage at all of malicious activity just dying and trying to get into your computer system. So there's a couple scams you can be aware of if I can bring that information to you, and I am, and hopefully it will help you. Let's first talk about the law enforcement scam, okay? It's one of the more common online scams, and what this means is you, you come to your computer, you turn it on, or it's already on, you turn a monitor on, and you're faced with your whole screen blacked out with some sort of FBI warning or an NSA warning or some sort of law enforcement warning. And we have a question chat about the last subject. I'll come back around to that. Thank you. Uh, so, something that has some sort of law enforcement logo will be on your screen. It will say that, you know, you were caught looking at pornographic sites. Uh, it'll, it, it'll say you violated this code and that code. And it's telling you you have to pay a fine to get rid of this lockdown. 
So the aspect of social engineering this is using is fear. It's preying on the fear that you have committed a crime. Okay? Whether you knowingly or were not knowingly or you know you did or didn't watch porn, it instantly triggers a fear response. Think about it. You're driving down the street and you look in your rearview mirror and you realize there's a police officer behind you. Now, he's just behind you. That's it. But think of the fear that develops in many people all of a sudden when they realize that there's a police officer behind them. So there's that fear factor. Okay? So um, then they try to give you you know, the urgency thing. You know, you will not be able to use your computer until you pay this fine. Okay? And it's usually a $100 or $300 fine. Okay, what I'm telling you, though, is so far in all of my experience with all these different law enforcement scams, okay, the uh, NSA, the FBI, uh, the virus can be eradicated. So just contact your favorite tech, or if you don't have one, get yourself a tech. You'll need a local tech. This is not a virus that can be cleaned up remotely. So uh, you will have to take your computer somewhere, unfortunately. Um, so here's the thing. No law enforcement agencies in the land collect fines by locking your computer down. Okay? So that is the thing to remember. When you see something like that, just go, wait a minute. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Because Joel said they're not going to do that. They do not collect fines in that fashion. Okay, how about the Microsoft tech support scam? This one's a biggie. This one I actually see more than the law enforcement scam. And this is where somebody from a Middle Eastern country, you know, will call you from an 800 or some sort of toll-free number, which is fake. It's masked. They may even have the caller ID to you saying Microsoft, and they'll say that they're from Microsoft, and there is a virus on your computer, and they need to have access to your computer to clean the computer out. Okay, and they also tell you it's going to cost X amount of dollars. And so what's going on here? Well, they're counting on the percentage of people, and I'm sorry to say a lot of them elderly, who are like thinking, I'm infected? Oh, no, I do need this fixed. And it, so it's the fear of I'm infected. It's the, the rush of I need to be uninfected right now. And so they... Prey on the people who will agree to that. Pony up the credit card, allow them into your system, and then they take whatever they want from your system, landmine it with other junk, and then you have bigger problems. So, the f one thing to remember here, Ron, pay attention, is yes, Microsoft has no record of who out there has Microsoft stuff. Microsoft's not going to call you up and say we need access to your computer. Okay? It's just not going to happen. They're never going to call you unless you initiated a support process with them first, and that's because it needs escalation, more stuff done, and then you've exchanged phone numbers. You have a case number, you know, or a tracking number, some sort of number that goes along with your support case. That 
is how that works. They don't just call you and say, you have a virus on your computer. I imagine it would be very funny for somebody with a Mac to really take them to task and kind of reverse that phone call a little bit and play around with them. You know, being that if they don't have a Windows computer at all. So, um, so you have to be watchful of that Microsoft scam. That's very popular. You know, just, I mean, I, I have people from work that will tell me, they'll come to see me and they'll say that they had that happen. And uh, I so far have never had anybody fall for that. But compared to the law enforcement scam, the scam which I have cleaned a couple of them up, I have heard personally in my own circles of more instances of the Microsoft scam. So you have to watch out for that. There are two of the big ones. Of course, this time of year is the IRS scam. And that is where you'll get a phone call. They'll, be cl they'll claim they're from the IRS. They will claim that you owe money to the IRS. And they will berate you. They will tell you that you have to pay that money. They will tell you if you don't pay it right here and now or within 30 minutes the police department is down the street listening to this phone call and will break your door down and send you to jail for the rest of your life. And this is a complete fear, fear-based scam. And here's the thing. When they get you hyped up like that, and it works. We're talking about a multi-billion dollar industry of scam going on. So when they get people worked up to do this, here's where the common sense is not kicking in, and here's what I'm here to share with you. The IRS scams tell you you have to pay by wiring money to an account that's not even in this country or going to Walmart. We'll wait for you. You better call back in 30 minutes with a Walmart card number with the money. They tell you to go get some sort of untraceable funds to pay your United States government IRS bill that you don't even have. But they will prelude this with so much fear that you have a percentage of people who get scammed out of paying this money. So the important thing here is the IRS is not going to call you if you owe them money. They will reach out to you by snail mail when you owe money. And then when you initiate a payment plan and such, and you have a case number, then you may have back and forth telephone conversations with someone assigned to your case. But the IRS does not call and threaten to throw you and your family in jail. The police are down the street. You better go get us a green dot card from Walmart so we can't trace the payment. Or Bitcoin. I mean, it's insane. But I suppose if you have so much fear shoveled into you that you go and do it because yeah. they're making a landslide of money on this, a landslide of dollars. So, folks, really, all, it, it just takes it just takes a you got to stop and just think. 
for a minute. Yeah, things are bad enough. And I think a lot of these scams prey on the fact that things are tough all over. Things are bad for just about everybody. And you have to stop and think. There, there's a saying you can't get blood from a stone. And, you know, Ron, you truly cannot get blood from a stone. No. So it doesn't matter what somebody says you on the phone. You should be able to have the, the, the foresight to just, you know, take a step back, you know, and just, you know, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now, um, but these things happen. Any one of these three scams I just talked about, multi-billion dollar business for somebody. It's disgusting that somebody's out there making that kind of money on scams, you know, to people who are already suffering like crazy. Yeah. But that's what happens. It's what happens. And I, you know, I just wonder even, I know we've talked about this on other shows, just how many people <laughs> that pay that ransom and... Nothing happens. The virus isn't removed, you know. Right. Even adding to that frustration. Exactly. In fact, <laughs> you know, um, Maine, in, in Maine, multiple police agencies in Maine had to pay hackers this week. They paid a ransom, a $300 ransom, because their files were infected with the ransomware. Now, who paid the $300? It wasn't the police chief. It was the taxpayers in those districts. And the thing is, I had a conversation with another colleague today. We were talking about ransomware. And they said, well, what do you do? You got to pay it. I said, no, you don't pay it. What you should be doing, and I understand that people don't, is you should have good backups, regular good backups, because when something like that happens, basically just get your computer taken back to factory settings and just rebuild with your backups because paying them it gives them the fuel for the fire it gives them credence to continue doing it you know they say follow the money follow it you can't follow this money so we as a people have to cut that money off how do you cut that money off stop paying these ransoms and they're getting worse i'm just trying to find a story there's a new one a new ransomware going around europe they feel it's coming to the u.s real soon and they said the problem with it is is it infects your files in such a way that it, it, it's preying on a different type of fear about your files i wish i had the story when i find it i will post it but once again it's you know you got to make sure you're protected, and not only protected, are you maintaining your protection? Do you scan for viruses every so often? Do you scan for malware? Are you using some sort of anti-exploit kit? And remember what we said on the show. Nothing is 100%, but you have to have and you have to maintain. And really, that's where the tough part of a technology person's job we're a home user who wants to be secure. That's where the hard part of the job is. Taking the time out of your schedule to do these things. I'm looking at my studio computer right now. Guess what? I, my patches from last night are still waiting. I have to get them done. I'm sitting here preaching to the choir, and I should be sitting out there with mm -hmm. you listening to myself. 
Slacker. <laughs> right? Well, it's no secret. This is not my primary computer, which is why it gets a little love from me anymore. I'm usually I'm busy with the MacBook and the Linux. <laughs> so, but uh, but these scams are out there. Hear about them all the time. They're making these people lots of money. And, of course, I always hear in conversations about this, why, don't, why doesn't the FBI follow the money? You can't follow the money when you don't know where it's going. These people are, are made to pay in untraceable money. When you get the uh, uh, a ransomware that says, pay us $750 to get your files decrypted, when you find when you when you make the decision that I'm going to do this because I need my files back, and then you proceed to do it, then it tells you you have to get the seven hundred and fifty dollars in Bitcoin. Well, that could be three thousand U.S. dollars to get seven hundred and fifty dollars worth of Bitcoin. Bitcoin. It is a unmonitored currency on the internet. Follow what money? So. Easiest thing to do is be prepared and not give in to their demands because, as Ron pointed out, there is about 30% of the time you pay the ransom and they never send you the key to get your files back. So, there are some good articles on the internet that talk about some ways that you can protect yourself from these ransomware viruses so you know crypto locker crypto wall crypto so it's it's always and what it does is it encrypts every single picture music document pdf every file on your computer and let me tell you something by the time you get it by the time you get it ron your files are encrypted it's that quick well wow. So, um, now uh, Tony is uh, giving me some information here. Uh, he says that approximately eight bitcoins are valued at around $1,680. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you wow. see, yeah, wow. So mm. when they say $300, that's not what they really mean. And you know, so people fall for it. So, so protect yourself. Make sure you have a, a good antivirus, and make sure that the antivirus is, uh, you know, it, it, most of them will get their updates every day. Make sure you're scanning. Make sure you set up the scan. I have mine scanned every day. I mean, with with the world we're in today, I don't I don't count on on, on once a week, once a month. I scan it every day, especially the studio computer. It just sits here. It's not like it's going to interrupt me. So I let it scan every day. But um, I will find one or two articles. There are some great articles out there that give you some ideas to protect yourself from ransomware. And we'll get them posted up. Probably not on the blog tonight, so you have to watch the Facebook page, Tech Talk Live. And uh, we'll get them there so you can uh, review that stuff. And um, another tip before we go ahead to, ahead to break, ahead to, ahead to, ahead to break, um, there's also an article, sorry about the um, there's also an article that was in Bloomberg News and really bothersome is, 
Kaspersky, apparently, did we talk about this? No. I didn't mention this yet. No. Uh, apparently, many of their big, big-time officers at the company are ex-Russian spies. <laughs> Wonderful. Exactly. So I'm just, I'm not saying anything. I mean, the article doesn't say that that's a bad thing, but it does say that there's a lot of hands in that company that come from the KGB and you know, and the old Russian spy world. And th that could be concerning for some people to think that this is like one of the top three vi antiviruses in the world. In the world. And it's being run by people that, you know, may or may not be spying on your data. So, but that was another interesting article. And I do believe I did post that a couple weeks ago on the Internet. But I just wanted to make that... Make it a tip for tonight on Tech Talk Live. The Tech Talk Tip Live Tech Talk Lippin. <laughs> Hush. It's a tongue twister. It certainly is. Friend number is uh, 443-836-0171. You can certainly send us an email at techtalk at qybradionetwork.com. Uh, we have our ears on over there. So, And also Facebook. You can visit us at Facebook, look up Tech Talk Live on Facebook, and join the page, and post if you'd like, and leave us a message, if you would like. A uh, great article we put up there today on 15 weird and useful things that you can do with a 3D printer for your desk. And it, all that article really did when I read it, Ron, I have to tell you, it just... Um, I was sal I was salivating. I was like, now I want a 3D printer. <laughs> Don't think they'll buy me one at work, but there are some interesting things that will help you organize your desk and be geeky and fun that you can do on a 3D printer. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, we are going to get out of here, take a quick break. I'm going to take a long sip of some diet tea, sweet tea, that is. And when we come back, more. We're going to de-geek a word or a phrase tonight. And talk more tech right here on Tech Talk Live, coming up in just a few moments, right here on the QIB Radio Network. So I use my computer every day. I'm not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and run the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue. And you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. 
With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com. Streaming 24 hours, 7 days a week. You're listening to Full Gamut Radio at FGRN.net. Now the PC Tech Rescue Tech Minute. Tech Minute. Backup, backup, backup. Backing up your critical data should be an essentially routine operation on your PC computer. When you least expect it, things will go south, and you will want your precious documents, photos, and music. You can either employ a slave device and back up these important things from time to time, or if you want to make recovery even easier, you can use a third-party software tool to clone your hard drive. Clonin puts the PC back to the exact state of where it was the moment you created the clone. Why is this easier? Because you will not need to load all of your purchased software and remember program keys and such. Try a product like Macrium Reflect for a seamless clone. For more information and support, visit www.pctechrescue.net or call 302-355-6061. For the PC Tech Rescue Tech Minute, I'm Joel Mahalik. This has been the PC Tech Rescue Minute. Tech Minute. Hey, Grandma, turn up your hearing aid. It's fun, frolic, and mayhem. <laughs> it's the Behind the Mic Show with Joe Mahalik. Be there as he tries to answer some of life's most difficult questions. If you could be any kind of food, what would it be? Well, th- that's a little too weird. That's Sunday night, 8 p.m., right here on the Behind the Mic Radio Network. Assembly not required. This is Joe Perry and Steven Tyler of Aerosmith for Red. You know, it's okay to rock and roll and party down. Just don't get in that 2,000-pound bullet when you're done and cocked. And please don't drink and drive. Someone that jaded you. A reminder that friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the Ad Council, U.S. Department of Transportation, National Association of Broadcasters, and RAD. Welcome back to Tech Talk Live. I'm Joel Mahalik, and on the other side of the desk is my nerdy compadre, Ron. 443-836-0171. That's the number, 443-836-0171. TechTalk at QIBRadioNetwork.com. That's the email address. You can email us a question or find us on Facebook. Just look up Tech Talk Live with Joel Mahalik, and then you can like the page and see what's going on there check out the awesome articles the geeky stuff and so forth so uh we're gonna de-geek a couple phrases acronyms words tonight we got two or three we're gonna do tonight because they're little ones and it's really gonna make you seem smart tomorrow when you go into work head right down to the it department and just step up to the water cooler down there and chin wag with them but uh first uh listener from Ron, Chicago. Wow. Sends an email during the course of the week, after last Wednesday and before tonight. Larry from Chicago, thank you for the email. He wants to know how he can stop his IP-based printer on his home network from changing the IP address. He did go on in some detail to say that he does have a static assigned IP address to his printer, his network printer, and it's on his 
uh, home network, his home land, and we'll get into land lands later. Later land on D Geekin, but I feel your pain. I don't know why that happens, but sometimes with certain makes models, you assign a static IP to the printer, and then you everybody in your house can share the printer, mm-hmm. and then something doesn't go right, and it change. And then the next time you go to find out why you can't connect to it, you find out that the IP address changed, like the last octet of the numbers changed, and it makes no sense to you. But that's okay, Larry, because you can get around that. What you can do is go back into your printer's settings and look for the host name. It might be a mixture of letters and numbers and dashes or whatever, but every printer has a host name, and it's in the settings for the network settings for the printer. The host name works like an IP address. So what you can do is delete your printer from the computers and go back in and set them up again as a TCP IP port. And when it asks you for the address, you can put the host name in. And then it will find the host name. It will resolve to the IP and resolve from the IP back to the host name. And then you can set it up the software, run through the process, setting the printer up again on your computer and all the computers that you want it on. And here's the great thing. Let it change its IP until the day it dies, every day if it wants, because your computer will be connected to the host name, which never changes, and will always resolve to the IP address unless something goes wrong with the network card in the printer. And at, at that case, unless it's like a $5,000 printer, $2,000 printer, with a removable network card you're not going to worry about it so so f- go into your preferences find the host name and reset the printer up using the host name instead of the ip address and your printer no matter what it does with the ip address will always be connected to your computer because your computer is hanging on to the actual uh, name of the the host the network host and that's one to grow on. No, I just want to say that. So, uh, Larry, thank you for the email. I appreciate it. And you can send your email question in, too, to techtalk at qibradionetwork.com, and we'll get you an answer. So there's that. Okay, Ron, so uh, I understand that there are people, and I'd like to meet these people, because apparently they're not struggling like the rest of us. There are people that are buying like two and three iWatches, Apple Watches, at a time. <laughs> so they have a selection of different looking watches depending on what they're wearing. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm curious as to who's laying out thousands of dollars for, you know, several Apple Watches. How does that work? I don't know. But, you know, God bless them. <laughs> And I'm I understand sales. <laughs> I'm not either. I'm not even buying one. I'm not even buying a $249 one. No. But I hear sales are doing really well. They're expecting record-breaking sales on this thing. Wow. I mean, can Apple do any wrong? No. <laughs> I mean, we, sp- we spoke about this watch two weeks ago on a show, and I honestly said I don't see it. That was my opinion of it. We talked about this. Yes. I said, I don't see it. I don't see the hype. I don't see it going that far. And lo and behold, they're expecting to break records. So I was way off base with that one. Way off base. 
I, I, I don't know. Oh, I hate to be sounding harsh, but, you know, <laughs> what, what's that old phrase? There's a sucker born every minute. <laughs> there are a lot of suckers at the Apple stores. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it's somewhat understandable. I mean, it, you're talking about a product that, as you've mentioned, you know, no viruses. I, it, it's been stable. It's developed good things. So, I mean, it's not that surprising that many people are jumping on board on it. It's just right. my whole thing is who needs a watch anymore when you've got a, a cell phone to, you know? Right, right. My whole thing. And, and you know, the, this is also forcing their hand at, uh, you know, we're seeing more updates to the iOS. In fact, you know, they did the Apple Watch and then the Apple Watch companion for the iPhone or the iPods came out, everything came out kind of with iOS 8.2. This morning, I had an update for 8.3. I mean, that was the f almost the fastest turnaround time I've seen. But here's the thing. I then, I, I update this morning, I go to work, and one of the bulletins on my technology news bulletins is that they are pushing iOS 8.4 out to the beta testers immediately, and there's all this buzz and excitement about it. Hmm. So I don't know what's going on with the 8.4, but that's supposed to be some sort of big thing. Now, I realize that you have no idea what I'm talking about at this point because you're still on, like, iOS 6, right? I don't yeah. think you can get past 6 on that phone. No. Yeah. It's time for an upgrade, Ron. Yeah. I'm I telling guess. you, hashtag upgrade Ron that... <laughs> hashtag, I'm serious, hashtag update Ron. You need an update to your iPhone. Which one do you have? Tell the tell the listeners, Ron, which I, well, iPhone you have. I believe it's the 3GS, I believe. <laughs> and Tony wants to start a GoFundMe for you to get an upgrade. Well, you know what? That's probably what it's going to take, so go ahead and fund me for it. Right. And here's the thing. The, the nice thing about GoFundMe is... We'll put a GoFundMe up for you to get a phone, a couple hundred dollars for a new iPhone. We'll wind up with like $25,000 because everybody hey. just gives to the GoFundMe. You know, if <laughs> if that's the case, wow, that'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, so you need a new iPhone so you can see what we're experiencing. But now the only thing is uh, they're still having issues with the iHealth app. So that's still not working right. Hopefully they get that you know, worked out, but possibly what I think, in my own opinion, is that they're so concerned with getting this whole Apple Watch, and you know, because now they have to keep upgrading our iOSs everywhere else to stay abreast of all the changes, because now you developed a watch that, that's going to probably need more maintenance than an iPhone. Like you say, why would you need a watch if you have a phone that tells you the time? Mm -hmm. You know, and um, I don't know... It would be interesting if you could reach across the grave, if you could reach across the, the grave to the other side of life and ask Steve Jobs one question. I think I'd want to know what he thinks of the of the Apple Watch. Is that something that he envisioned? Mm-hmm. And Tony's begging for a second of my time. Please welcome for a moment our producer, Mr. Tony Richards. Hey, guys. Okay, that's no. a second. And, uh, it, so, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't long ago that... You know, when they did the upgrade to the Lightning Connector for the iPhone 5s, 
that they had this story about this big hotel chain that had just gone ahead and gotten all these new alarm clocks. It had the iPod docking stations in them so all the guests could charge their phones while they were staying at the hotel. Right. And then Apple went ahead and changed all the connectors around. Now this guy wound up with like 1,500 alarm clocks he couldn't use. (laughs) Well, he should definitely send one or two to Ron. So... I'm just saying, you know, it's just, you know, Apple just tries to, you know, c- completely confuse, you know, everybody and say, well, this is what you got to do to stay on top of things. So, but they're not, con- but they're not con- confusing the moral majority because they're 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 buying this stuff up. They're and in fact, they're snatching it up. Oh, I know, I know. Um, I use the uh, iPhone six plus and some of the apps that. I have don't work. Uh, I've got the uh, Jawbone up twenty four from. Uh, let, me, let me ask you a quick yes, question about yes. that. The iPhone six plus. Yes. My wife has that. I just think it's too much phone. Size wise, you mean? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, for, I mean for us older people, we you know we can't read the small screen like you can. Right, but. Then you have this gigantic, it, you know, phablet. You have to put up to your ear when you want to talk. I mean, I'm looking to go to the I iPhone six, but I really don't think I'm going. I'm going to go to the plus. I mean, the the it's screen size better. on the regular is about five inches. Why would you need the six yours plus is like five point seven? Yours is five point seven. Why would I need almost six inch screen when I have a five one, a five inch? You're only talking about a half inch, Joe. Tell me a quarter inch either way, and, and another hundred dollars. For point okay. seven of an inch. Well, okay. Damn. I'm just saying, you know, um, one thing that I will give the six is that so far, battery life, even when using Bluetooth and wireless and Skype and everything else that I have on the phone, I am impressed with the amount of uh, longevity that the battery has, which is what right. a lot of people were complaining about with the fours and the fives where they would always have to put their thing back on charge so i have that problem i have to have a charger in my car i have the iphone 5 folks and there was how am i doing on time okay there was a period of time uh where apple said we know we have battery problems with some of the fives and you could go to this website and you can put in your serial number of your device and you may qualify for a new phone because we know the batteries are you know aren't good right so i put i went to the website i put my phone in and my phone doesn't qualify but i have to have a charger in my car i have a charger at home i have a charger at my desk and i keep a charging cord and i the phone the phone holster that i have is two pocket the phone goes in one pocket and you can put credit cards or id or whatever in the other pocket i Roll up another lightning cord, and I and that's in the back pocket of the phone case. Well, I cannot get two solid hours without the phone dying. In my case, I charged the phone this morning before I left for work, and right now I just checked it. I've been using email. I've been using uh, Snapchat. I've been using Kick. I've been using a lot of different messaging apps all day Snapchat. long. Snapchat. Okay. I hope, and, we didn't, I hope we didn't interrupt any of your Snapchatting. No, no. Okay. But most people send stuff to me. I don't usually send stuff out. But the point is, is that I still have 77% battery free. 
Wow. Okay. All right, Tony. Thank you very Bye. much. Bye. Let's de-geek some stuff tonight. Uh, we want to send you to the IT department at your work with some uh, heavy-duty knowledge. So a couple things that I want to de-geek for, for the common user. The first one is we kind of mentioned it when we were talking about Larry's email. Uh, network, local network. Uh, specifically, I called it a, a, a LAN, L-A-N, local area network. What is that? Well, it's a network of computers, okay, uh, that connects all these computers in a limited geographical area. In other words, maybe in your home, your work office is a LAN, maybe a school system has a LAN set up for all the computers in the school. Uh, and it allows you to uh, put up uh, group policy. You can actually do some uh, different restrictions and, and, and things. So the people that log into this local area network have restrictions. They can only do this. They can only do that. Uh, and... It allows for authentication, and it allows for printers to be used across a, ne a network, a local area network. So that's what a LAN is. Now, it has a counterpart. It has what's called a a, a WAN or WAN. What are they, Tony? What, 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 what WAN is it? Yes, to WAN. And, yeah, it, yes. it's it's like some sort of weird long A or something. WAN. Yes. WAN. Yes. WAN. Yes, like yeah, sounds like a bunch yes. of whiners. So, and that yes. is a wide area network. Okay, a wide area network is where it connects computers in huge geographical uh, locations, even globally, throughout a system of either using like a mesh network, or which is a wireless network, or site-to-site -site VPNs. That's something we employ at work, okay, virtual private networks, and that's where we take two sites with their own broadband connections, and we allow them to use the power of the Internet to connect to each other with a token and a handshake and a password, and then resources are shared between these two faraway places, essentially making them the same network. About a cable provider, so even wide area networks as well. Like exactly. The, like Xfinity. Uh, right, right. So, uh, and that's how you're, right, how your Verizon or your Comcast, they're set up like that, and that's how they get services to you through the fiber optic by creating this fiber optic WAN. So it's a wide area network, okay? And that can be, you know, country to country, state to state, city to city, around the world. So anyway, uh, they are your two de-geeked terms for tonight. And... Now you can go down to the IT room tomorrow and mingle. Mingle. <laughs> okay. You guys know what QR codes are? No? Well, that's why you listen to this show, to learn some stuff. A QR code, it's that fancy box you see that looks like it's black and white and it's got, like, you know, it's hard to explain. But you'll see it on ads, you'll see it on bulletin boards, on posters, on the box of cookies you're eating may have a QR code. You know, it's a square and it's got three smaller squares and three of the corners and then it just looks like matrix, black and white matrix looking stuff. It's called a QR code. And your phone's camera or your iPad or your Android camera has the ability with or without sometimes in a free app to be able to shoot these codes and inside that code would be a contact person's information might be a web address might be an email address but it leads to something that the person wants you to know 
So uh, that's what it is. So you've probably seen that fancy newish looking barcode type thing, but never knew what, because that's essentially what it is. It's a new way of doing a barcode. Um, sorry about the um, but uh, so why am I bringing up the QR codes? What do I care about the QR codes? The problem is, is you're not going to believe this. I'm really sorry. It's really not my intent. Okay. But I want you to know that hackers are now hiding malicious software downloads in these QR codes. So, so again, as I said to you, it's a full-time job looking out for yourself or if, you know for your company for the security. Okay? And these QR, these quick response codes are usually we have we used to have them on our websites here at the network. And if you if you shot if you shot it with your camera, it would take you to the web page or it would take you to the listen page. But now they're hiding malvertising in it, which we talked about last week. Essentially, it's a advertising. That's where the QR code comes in with malware embedded. So you have to look out for that. Uh, just another way that they can, uh, you know, do their phishing scams, P-H-I-S-I-N-G. That's a good word. Ron, what do you think next week? Fishing hits the list for de-geeking? Sure. All right. One thing next I know. week on what's that? <laughs> I said one one term I actually know. There you go. Well, uh, don't bring a rod and don't bring bait. I won't. But we'll talk about fishing with a pH next week. We'll degeek that, and we'll tell you how more times than none you're the bait. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so you be careful because now these quick response codes can actually lead you to bad websites. Now, how do you protect yourself? Well, make sure that if you have an Apple device, I hate to say it, but Apple devices very rarely, in fact, up until this point now, do not get infected. Although, I'm hearing some things in the wind that Apple needs to look out. There might be some people starting to target the Apple systems. But Android systems can the smartphones or tablets can be infected by viruses and malware and therefore there are programs there are apps that you can download to protect yourself malware bytes that's a big one you know you can put uh some you know of antivirus on there and see if there's an app in your store a free app or a pay app that does the anti-exploit technology because that way, if you use your smart device and you shoot a quick response code and it takes you to a malicious website, that's where the anti-exploit comes in. It stops that website. It stops your device from going to that website. So you cannot be infected with whatever's waiting for you at that website. That's the idea behind it. And unfortunately for users of Android, like we mentioned last week, the flashlight apps, they're infecting the flashlight apps. <laughs> And, then, and here's a piece of common sense. When you load an app in an Android, it says to you, do you agree to this? It wants it, it, This app will access your this, 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 this. And when you look at that, you go, why does the flashlight need to access my microphone? Why does the flashlight have to access my, my camera? These are questions you have to ask yourself. 
Yeah, or stop. Yeah, you have to stop and think about it on their screens. You know. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful with Android devices. Hmm. Well, it's just like the apps that, and I, some I get, but they, you know, they want your location access and all of that. As soon as I see that, I'm just like, forget it. <laughs> you don't need yeah, to know on that. Right. It's weird to me sometimes uh, when I'm looking at that, and you wonder why these apps need location services. I mean, I understand mm-hmm. when I'm, when maps need location services. I understand when a weather app needs your location. But you have to think. Say to yourself, why does this app need my location services? Why does it need my GPS? You know, and like sometimes when you're loading like some sort of camera feature mm-hmm. or something like that, and you have to be careful because if they want your location services, it usually means because they're going to geotag the photos you take. And post them online. And that means people will look at your picture and they'll find out where you live. So. Yeah. You have to be careful of that. Very important stuff to look out for. And especially on Android devices. But, Ron, as you point out, you know, when you're, you download stuff from the Apple Store, look at what it wants access to. So, now, interestingly enough, uh, you know, you can you can stop by the Mobile Security Software Review, and don't worry, we will post this article. And it's the top 10 security apps that you can put on your mobile device. Oddly enough, Kaspersky is number two. <laughs> so uh, we'll post this, but among the, the list, ESET Mobile Security, uh, McAfee, uh, holding rank at number one. Uh, I'm not even sure about that, but whatever. Uh, Bitdefender, Trend Micro, a couple other big popular names. And it, it'll review the price of the app. Okay. And uh, this is probably very worth getting a security app and paying, you know, whether it's $4.99 to $30, you know, whatever it is yearly, it might be worth it. Because many of them, have, you have the antivirus. It'll have real-time protection. It'll let you remote wipe and remote lock the phone. You know, all important stuff. So, we will post the article. We'll be on the blog for the show tonight. And uh, Tony's actually saying that one of the items on here, Lookout Premium, is very affordable and works very well, so we'll leave that up to you. We'll post the link to that mobile security software review. You can make your own decisions on what you think about that. Um, because especially today, everybody's doing everything on their phone or device. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just amazing. I mean, somebody from work who barely uses their phone all of a sudden says to me today, I cannot believe. What we're doing with phones today. Uh, you know, she was had to go pick up her car. And they didn't call her. She got a text message saying her car was done being worked on. And that blew her away. But that's because she doesn't use it a lot. But that is a very good point. We're doing so much more on mobile devices now. And you have to start looking at the security on your mobile device. Just as much as how you look at it on your desktop or laptop computer. 
Very important. So, that being said, on the way out the door here, Mr. Ron, mm -hmm. I want to say, I want to tell you that if you like old cartoons, okay, I want to tell you about uh, where you can stop over to VintageCartoons.tv, okay, and you can watch classic cartoons there. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yep. The address one more time. The address one more time is VintageCartoons.tv. Okay. That is my out-the-door fun tip. My out-the-door whatever. We had a name for it, didn't we? <laughs> out-the-door fun tip sounds good to me. Yeah. Out-the-door something. <laughs> We're getting out-the-door. Here's your out-the-door dose of... Russian out-the-door tip. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you on the way out, Tip. Could be oh, that, boy. too. Could be that, uh, too. So, I'm not sure how vintage they get, but I'm pretty sure you can see some old Betty Boop cartoons on there. That's pretty vintage. Yeah. yeah Maybe some of those evil Bugs Bunny cartoons that they all want to ban. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Stuff we watched back then would destroy, would destroy lives today for some reason. <laughs> We turned out okay, but, you know. Yeah. Apparently. But anyway. Uh, so next week on the show, among other things, we'll be de geeking fishing. So we know that that's already on the lineup now. And then to find out what else we're going to do, you have to pay attention to where we're mining the information. QIBRadioNetwork.com. That is the homepage of the network. You can also find us at Tech Talk Live with Joel Mahalik over on Facebook. And you can post there, and you can enjoy the articles that I post. Some great geeky stuff over there, so hop on over there and check that out. You can also send us email, techtalk at qibradionetwork.com. We'd love to get your emails. We again thank Larry tonight for his email he sent in uh, from Chicago. Ron, your hometown. Yeah, thanks, Larry. And my thanks to Ron for being over there at the other side of the desk. Uh, of course, our thanks to uh, Tony Richards for engineering and producing this show we appreciate that and i want to thank everyone at home for listening and spending some time with us on tech talk live and we will catch you again next week on the same geeky channel in time good night and happy computing Interfacing with Tech Talk, a weekly presentation of the QYB Radio Network. To contact the show, send us email at techtalk at qybradionetwork.com. See you next week. <laughs>